Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is going to go downhill real quick. What is going on? And welcome to Take On The World. And today we have a professional <laughs> broadcaster joining us at the table. Award-winning. Award-winning professional broadcaster. Retired. You want to introduce yourself? I'm Deb. Deb Doherty is with me today. Um... And I'm Mike D. Um, John couldn't make it today. I'm a sorry stand-in. I know. So I went through the yellow pages and said, who's available to sit with me? Everyone else was busy, and I brought the alcohol. Right. (laughs) I have my little bottle of McAllen, 12-year-old double cask for a little later and what are we drinking well you don't know what it's called i don't know what it's called it's yummy it's the rocks tequila reposado reposado so it's reposado tequila and lime lime juice a little bit of um tonic water tonic water so it's it's yummy i'm a sucker for those um Instagram ads, and he's always on Instagram with Tramana, Taramana, something like that. I don't know. Those are words. You're just making them up. Probably. I'm just a sucker for it. So I'm always buying stuff on the internet when I see the ads. So uh, we are on the Deluxe Edition Network, which is a group of 26 podcasts now. Pretty amazing. It's grown. the, the, The network has grown so much. They're all great podcasts, but every every month they have a podcast of the month. This month there's two. It's Hilf, History I Like to Fuck. I love history. Um, Dawn Brody is a comedian who hosts this show, and uh, I love listening to her. She gives a lot of background. like She digs into it the same way I do, which I love. Um, and Barrel Age Flicks, I listen to them all the time because they're just hilarious. They do movies because I love movies, and uh, a lot of drinking. A, a little bit of drinking. Which you're a fan of. Which I'm a little bit of a fan of. <laughs> uh, so check them out. You go to www.deluxeeditionnetwork.com and click on Podcast of the Month, and they'll be right there. You can check them out. Uh, I recommend it, and then come back and listen to the rest of our shows. They're also available on other platforms. Right. Well, they, they, uh, most of them are available anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, I know I, you had me download an app. Good Pods. There so go. I I like listening to everybody on Good Pods with the exception of Tencent Beer Night. He is Spotify exclusive. So um, check him out. Uh, they're, they're all great podcasts. He's exclusive. Yes, he is. Does that, he's more important. That's what that means. He's the exclusive. <laughs> um, on that note, this podcast is sponsored by Z, and there'll be more about that later. Uh, I just wanted to mention it up front. 
And our topic today, uh, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to touch on the Deluxe Edition Network one more time because our topic today is in my category for the Denny Awards. Which I have voted on a gazillion times. So just a reminder, you can vote every day. Every day. When you vote, the very first one is podcast of the year. So you scroll down to take on the world. You ignore every, this is the only time you ignore all the other podcasts. You find ours, put the little check by it, and then go through and answer. Every podcast put up a category. Our category was most gruesome murderer in history. And there are plenty to choose from, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I like true crime. I like the history aspect of it. And I like researching. So uh, this one is Catherine Knight. And I'll admit, I didn't know very much when you said uh, Catherine Knight. You kind of schooled me. And it was interesting. Um, disturbing. Very disturbing. This this lady is a whack job for sure. So, So when Johnny is out there looking for his soulmate, he needs to steer clear of this type of woman, an Australian woman, 45 years of age, who works in a slaughterhouse and has attacked people with her butchering tools in the past. So, John, when you listen to this, this is this is from my heart to you. Stay away from someone with that resume. I don't know. I know, John. That might just be the cougar he's looking for. <laughs> so, well, she was, well, she was 45 when the murders happened. When the murder happened. So she's much older now. Uh, she was born in 1955. Yeah. In uh, uh, Tenderfield, New South Wales, Australia. On October, October 24th. Uh, she is absolutely an evil and disturbing human being. Like. Well, we'll go through this and, and you could be the judge, judge yourself, but. She is disturbing. And she's had quite um, a colored background. Yes. Uh, she was raised in a very dysfunctional family. Who wasn't? Uh, well, this is super dysfunctional. I would think uh, so. Her mom, Barbara, was married to Jack uh, and had four sons with, with Jack. Uh, they lived in Aberdeen, Australia. I guess New South Wales, Australia. Uh after the four sons, Barbara started having an affair with Ken Knight, uh, who was a friend and a co-worker of Jack. So she's a peach, too. Yeah, she is. She, really. Uh, but when you dig into her background, I understand her mental illness. Barbara or her daughter, Catherine? Uh, Catherine. Okay. Yeah. So Barbara and Ken Knight uh, had to move from Aberdeen because there was a little, I guess, small town, local backlash. Uh, two of the boys stayed with Papa Jack and that was the two oldest boys. The two youngest boys went and lived someplace else with, uh, on Ante. On Ante. Ante? Ante. Ante. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, Okay, so now Ken and Ken and Barbara together. They went on to have four more children, including twin girls, who were born in 1955. One of them was Catherine. Okay, so she's a twin. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, so there's another psycho out there someplace. Well, now, sometimes with twins, you know, you get the evil one and the good one. Mm-hmm. But if she was brought up in the same environment, I don't see how she's not messed up. Nature versus nurture. Uh, Ken was a violent drunk and reportedly would rape Barbara up to 10 times a day. But it makes you wonder what Jack was like if she left Jack for Ken. I yeah. mean, women in these situations tend to pick patterns. So it was likely she was in a not-so-good marriage the first time. Around. I would say that, but the down the road, when she gets with uh, the guy she kills, he's known as a good guy. Hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh, uh, Barbara shared details of the sexual assaults with her children and told them how much she hated sex and hated men. That's probably not a good idea. No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, that's the kind of thing, if you're going to stay in a situation like that, you would think that you'd want to protect your children from those details because this man is their father. Yeah. I know. Um, so, Catherine at one point told her mom that one of her partners wanted to do something sexually that she did not want to do. And her mom told her, put up with it and stop complaining. <laughs> like what kind of mom is that? I don't know because our daughter would just throat punch the dude. Now here's the thing. At this time, she wasn't 11 years old yet. So really she should not have been sexually active at all. No, but she was being sexually assaulted. Uh, Catherine was said she was assault, sexually assaulted by several members of her family, but not her father. So her brothers. Yes. They, they don't come out and say who it was. It could be an uncle. I don't know, but I'm assuming the brothers. Uh, two of her brothers had come to live with uh, Barbara when their father passed away. So Jack dies. Jack and dies. Now all four boys. Nope. Two oh. boys and the four children that she had with uh, okay. Ken. The other two boys are still with Auntie. Okay. Uh, so at some point they moved back to Aberdeen. Oh, the sexual assaults continued until she was 11. And then at some point they moved back to Aberdeen. And at Muswell Brook High School, uh, Catherine was known as a loner and a bully of smaller kids, which uh, when, when me and John sit down to talk about these, these psychos, you see that a lot. Well, it's often common that someone's been victimized, moves on to victimize other people. The only thing that she didn't do that we see a lot, she didn't join the United States military because we, we have found that the Navy is high on the list for psychos. I've heard that on, on your podcast. What? what? I've heard oh. that on your podcast. Oh. You've I, talked about that. I was in the Navy. I thought you were taking a shot at no, me. No, I do listen. Um, and the Army. Uh, we haven't run across the Marine Corps much, and the Air Force doesn't do anything. So, Well, the Marine Corps, aren't they usually like shooters? Yeah. If, if, if a Marine's going to go yeah, it's, that it's, shit crazy, he's going to take out some people yeah. by shooting them usually. Like in Texas. Um, 
She assaulted at least one of these. Oh yeah, <laughs> one of the kids she was bullying, she assaulted with a weapon of some sort, and was once she was once injured by a teacher. But when they looked into it, they discovered the teacher was acting in self defense, which was probably uncommon for that time. I mean, you think about it now, and we hear these types of stories all the time, where kids are acting out in school and attack teachers. But you're talking. The 60s, the early 60s, where, you know, kids were seen and not heard. And it was more unlikely that something like that would occur. Now, you would think uh, this says when she was not in a rage, which this, this whole this whole next part doesn't make any sense to me. When she was not in a rage, Catherine was known as a model student and was often earning awards for good behavior. But then she left school when she was 15 and she was unable to read or write. Which by 15, you should be able to read and write. Right. But if she's being honored as a model student, but didn't learn shit. Well, again, you're talking about the 60s, a girl. So. And in Australia. I don't I don't know about the education system in Australia. Well, not know so much the education system, but uh, from guys that I know from the Navy, they would say when they the ship would pull in the port that the fathers would have their daughters lined up on the port. They wanted them to find an American man and marry an American man because the Australian men treated the women like shit. Well, I actually have family in Australia because during World War II, I had a great uncle who married an Australian woman. They moved over here. They had a family. It didn't work out, and she moved back home, and her their children were raised in Australia. And um, I've actually been fortunate enough to meet some of that family, and it's... Uh, it's interesting, but I'm guessing that in the early 60s, now you're, now you're probably talking late 60s, early 70s, but it, it may still be that, you know, girls in school, what were they taught? She could have just had home ec classes, and maybe that's why she excelled in school in those areas. Well, this would be and 1970. That, yeah, in those areas, and it wasn't really important, or they really didn't care if she knew how to read or write. That's a good chance. So she began working as a cutter in a textile factory. Oh, scissors. Yes. Sharp things. Okay. 12 months later, she got her dream job. <laughs> they, they, she actually said that this is what she wanted to do. She would, I can she imagine. worked at a local slaughterhouse. Who doesn't? What young girl doesn't? And she started out by basically gutting the animals. So uh, it wasn't long when she was quickly promoted to boning the animals. You mean dismembering them? Yes. Boning yes. the animals. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it Just would be it'd be really weird the other way because they're dead. Yeah. Well. They can't enjoy it. Doesn't mean she wouldn't have. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, okay. I'm, I'm sitting right. in John's for John. Here. John's back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> so she was given her own set of butcher knives. Now, she loved these butcher knives so much. Every night when she came home, she'd hang them on the back of the bed. Like she loved having this, this. Now, I know from working in a restaurant, I had a good knife set and that roll up never left my side. If, if I was in my car, my roll up was in, in the car. When I went to the restaurant, whether I was using them or not, my roll up went in with me. Well, you work in a jail. You have the same affinity for your handcuffs, but I, I guess we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she loved her job so much. Uh, she hung her knives on her bed. I just said that because I'm an idiot. And I didn't read ahead. I just Johnny jumped ahead myself. 
It's like John is still here. You know, and you were talking about um, when, and I hate to go back, but I, I just thought of it that when she was in school, she would go into a rage. And I mean, today we would call that PTSD. I mean, so you can imagine the kind of abuse that she suffered without treatment, without help, without support. She can't read. She can't write. And I'm not making excuses because what she does is inexcusable and you just don't treat people like that. But untreated, you can see how... That well, happens to people. Either PTSD or ADHD. Like both. The, the, like every everything's labeled now. Every yeah. you know, when when I was growing up, you went in a rage, someone smacked you. Oh, for sure. And you learned your place. Oh, I'm not gonna do that again. <laughs> that hurt. Oh wow. I'm but she she grew up in that same time, but they, they didn't talk much about physical abuse except for sexual. the sexual abuse, which is, is physical abuse in its own way. But what I mean is like she was getting beaten daily or, or whatever. <clears throat> you have to imagine, though, that there was I, some of that going on. I, you'd have to. It, like, it's just so twisted how some people raised their children. So uh, Catherine married in 1974 to David Kellett. So she's almost 20 years old. Um. He was heavily intoxicated the entire time. And uh, Barbara, Catherine's mother, came up to him at one point and said, you got to watch her temper. She's got a screw loose someplace. If you close your eye on her, she's going to kill you. That's her mom. Hey, my uncle told you the same thing and we got married anyway. <laughs> oh, no, that was him. I said he'd be more likely to stab someone. Never mind. <laughs> so on their wedding night, uh, Catherine and Dave consummated their marriage three times and then he fell asleep. She wanted to go a fourth round uh, and took issue with her new husband's exhaustion. So she tried to strangle him. Okay. So uh, she had violence in school. She tried to kill her first husband on their well, wedding night. You assume she was trying to kill him. She just got a little mad. <laughs> Uh, Kellett woke up and was and managed to fight her off. Uh, even though she attempted to kill them on day one into their marriage, the union lasted for 10 years, but the marriage was violent. Kellett was often, often unfaithful, even once left his wife and two daughters in the middle of the night. I would imagine then that it was violent on both sides. I, I almost guarantee it. Now, they didn't talk about they just said the marriage was violent period not that it was one-sided or and and maybe it was one-sided with her could have been uh and probably why he was unfaithful and took off in the middle of the night uh after discovering one of uh, Kellett's affairs Catherine placed their two-month-old infant on the local train track shortly before the train was due like well what kind of fucking psycho is that? Well, luckily the train didn't come. You know, and the, the problem I have with this is, again, and you see this time and time and time and time again. He's married to this crazy ass woman and leaves and leaves the kids with her. And again, I, I understand now you're talking about the 70s. It wasn't as easy for a father to gain custody of children, but it still happens today. And you're, you're talking about a slightly different culture, too. It's Australia. From what I was told, women are second-class citizens there. At then, least, at least, actually, when I was still in the Navy, 
because I was talking to guys who came back from that down there. Yeah, but you have people in this country who who would say that women are still second class citizens here, even though I don't buy into that garbage. Um, I don't know, but I, I always looked at it as it was a different culture. Could be slightly. Uh, so the train didn't come. The baby made it. Uh, at the same time, she stole an axe and threatened several people with an axe. Um, she burned all her husband's clothes and shoes. Well, what woman wouldn't if she discovered her husband was having an affair? That's that's pretty common, what, even even among um, rational women. I, I guess he must have come back because she hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan so bad that he had a severely fractured skull. Well, he was late. He was late coming home from a dart tournament. He was probably like, I ain't going fucking home. Fuck that. Bam. You get a frying head in the back of the pan in the back of that. So she talked him out of pressing charges. But it wasn't long before he left Catherine for another movie, moved to Queensland. The day after he left with her and moved to Queensland, she was pushing her newborn baby in a carriage. And she was like zigzagging and slamming the kid inside the carriage down the uh, thing. So the cops were called. Uh, she was sent to a psychiatrist. She was diagnosed with postpartum depression, even though I think they called it something different. Probably, probably. Uh, and she was admitted to the hospital. A few days later, uh, Knight slashed the face of a woman with one of her knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland to find her husband. So this woman escaped the service station. Oh, I, I guess she had her in a car. Because this woman escaped after they stopped at a service station. Lucky but for her. she went to the service station because she was going to kill the mechanic there because the mechanic fixed her husband's car, which enabled him to leave. Of course. Why not? Uh, she then took <coughs> a young boy hostage <coughs> and threatened him with the knife. The police disarmed her by whacking her with broomsticks. That's how I got the dogs off each other. <laughs> I know. And she was, she was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Hmm. I, I wonder if that was the first time. What? I heard a beeping. So, uh, she was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Uh, and that's where she confessed to intending on killing the mechanic. Yes. She told the nurses, I, I was going to kill that mechanic because he repaired my husband's car, which allowed him to leave. And then she was going to kill her husband and her his mother when she arrived in Queensland. So was he living with his mother then? Or at least his family was from there, obviously. Yeah, that's what I, I, I think his, his mother lived there because uh, when all this happened, uh, I don't know, it was... I thought she, he came back. Yes. Uh, when the police informed the husband of the incident, he left his girlfriend, moved back to Aberdeen with his mother to support Knight. Catherine. Like, why the fuck would you come back? She just admitting she wanted to kill you and your mother. Why not the girlfriend? I don't know. I don't know. But we, John and I, when we're going through these things, we've found that there's so many red flags. There's so many... 
man, if they, if they had just done something yeah. right then, this whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah. Uh, none of her other relationships fared much better. Uh, she stabbed one of her lovers with a scissors after hitting him in the face with an iron. At one point, she slit the throat of a two-month-old dingo puppy in front of him just to show what she was capable of. Anyone who can do that. Nope. Not the dingo. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Uh, she had a daughter with one guy. She had a son with another. So she's had like 15 fucking kids at this point. Eight, nine, ten. Ten kids. Really? Yeah. Four boys. She had four kids with uh, uh, Mr. Queensland. And then uh, two more. Uh, she cheated on one of them and, you know, entered John Price. Uh, so I think she, th she was with one guy and she was cheating on that guy with John Price. Okay. So he's the lucky guy. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning of, of the relationship, uh, it was kind of nice. It was no complications, no nothing. Uh, Catherine and John Price got along good. There was no problems. He had two other children who lived with him. Uh, they seemed to like her. They all got along for a while. Uh, he made enough money. He worked He worked in a mine. He was making enough money to keep her comfortable. Uh, they moved in together in 1995. And things were going pretty smooth. But. Now she's 40. At this point, she's 40. Wow, that's old. Yeah, I'm in the over 50 crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, she suggested they get married and he said, ah, no, thanks. And she, uh, like a switch was snapped and she became violent. Okay. So she was triggered. So Catherine framed John for stealing things from the company and got him fired. So he says, you know what? I don't need this shit. Get the fuck out. Kicks her out. A few months later, they start seeing each other again. Well, he should have stayed out. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, this time he said, you're not moving back in. But apparently they had sleepovers. According to their friends and neighbors, Knight's violence then began to escalate. Hmm. One argument culminated in Catherine attempting to stab John with a knife in the chest. So sharp things. She likes sharp things. And this lady should not be in the same room. So then he takes out a restraining order against her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he said to keep his kids safe. Hmm. Uh, Price told his co-workers that he was concerned for his safety. And if he ever went missing, it was because Knight killed him. Now you would think, you talk about red flags. You would think that that would like, ding, 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 ding. The bells would go off. No, apparently not. I guess not. So on February 29th, 2000, Five years later. So they're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for yep. five years. John Charles Thomas Price came home from work and followed his normal routine. He checked in with the neighbors. He went down and had a beer with Chuck, came back, <laughs> sat down, uh, went to bed at 11 o'clock. Knight came home shortly after he went to bed, made herself dinner, watched some TV, showered, and went upstairs. So then either if they're not living, they're living together at this point. Again. Well, like I said, there were sleepovers. There had to be. 
uh, and it seems as though they're living together there. Uh, so when she went upstairs, she she woke Price. They had sex. He went back to bed. So the next morning, the neighbors saw John's car was still in the driveway, which was uncommon. The guy was always he was on time for work. Like he he was on point when it came to his job. Like he never called off. He just always there. Like you. Yeah. When <laughs> when he uh, didn't show up at work, his boss sent another worker to the house to see, you know, hey, what's going on? To see if he's okay. Because all these things he had said at work. Uh, the neighbor and the worker knocked on John's, or tried to knock on John's bedroom window to wake him up. But when they were going around the house, they noticed some blood on the front door. So hmm. they called the police. So the police got there. They knocked. There was no answer. So they started going around the house to see if any windows were open, any other doors were open. Uh, they got to the backyard and they see this plate of food is just thrown in the backyard. So obviously someone didn't like the food or, or there was an argument and things were thrown. Uh, so police made force entry through the back door. And you know, that's scary. Enter a John joke. Do -do -do. The back door. No, that's scary as hell. I, I had an older aunt. My mom asked me to go check on her one time and she wasn't, I was knocking on the door, knocking on the door, trying to get in. She wasn't there. We had the police come in. All I kept thinking is, oh, they're going to enter. They're going to enter and find her body. They're going to enter and find her body. And she had a spare key. I knew where the key was, but I didn't want to enter without the police being there. So the police officer and I entered. And luckily, it turns out that she missed her bus home from Atlantic City. <laughs> and she was just fine. We didn't find her dead. But that's a sickening feeling. I remember that. That is a sickening feeling when you're trying to get a hold of someone. You know they should be home. And they're not answering. They're not coming to the door. And you go inside. And, well, unfortunately, in this case, it was quite a different turnout. So the police are, uh, they made force entry. And we're going to take a break here. I'm going to throw in a commercial. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with the greatness of Take on the World, it was bound to happen sooner or later. This episode is sponsored by sweet z mattress uh you can use code t-o-t-w-15 to get 15 percent off your order uh they sent me a pillow and it's nice and soft and i thought oh this is gonna be too soft for me to sleep on but i tell you what i lay down on it i don't even toss and turn at night i just lay on my back where i'm comfortable and sleep away and if i do turn on my side it's just as comfortable it feels like it's going to be too soft but it's nice and firm because of the three-layer design they have. Uh, the outside is uh, pure cotton, so it helps keep you cool. The inside is a vegetable cashmere. So this is 100% plant-based down. So if being sustainable and environmental is important to you, you're going to want to check these guys out. The website is, it's sweetzzzmattress.com. They sell mattresses, they sell bed sheets, they sell pillows. You're going to want to check it out. There's a 50-day full money-back guarantee on these. So if you don't like it, you send it back, get your money back. So make sure you check them out. Sweet Z Mattress, T-O-T-W-15 to get 15% off your order. I've been sleeping on this pillow for a week now, and frankly, I love it. I put my other pillows on the floor, and I'm only sleeping on this one. And we're back. 
So the police just made force entry. They walk in the through house. Through the back door. Through the back door, John. Uh, <laughs> and they found John's body <laughs> by, ding, the, ding. by the back door. <laughs> I'm sure it was a gruesome scene because it goes on. Well, he had no head. And you're talking from the neck up. Yes. Okay. Uh, as they continued to search, they found Catherine behind a couch covered in blood and comatose from an overdose. Yeah. So, At this point, from what you told me, they're not sure. They think she's a victim. Right. They, they okay. think she might be another victim, but their mind has changed very, very, very quickly. I can imagine how you told me the story. Um, according to the blood evidence, and it, it was very evident pretty quick what had happened. Catherine Knight took a butcher knife that she had hanging next to the bed. Because that's where she kept them. Because she loved her knives. Uh, and stabbed uh, John 37 times while he was attempting to get away. I, you know, and I have to imagine. So he's probably lying there sleeping. And she starts to stab him. Now, you've woken up from surgery. Yeah. In pain. Yeah. You know what that's like. I mean, now imagine, you know, you're in the fog because you're just, you've just woken up. Yeah. You, you feel this pain. You don't know what it is. You don't know what's going on. I can imagine at some point he realizes it's her, this woman that he's been involved with, he cares for. I, I, I can't imagine that. So when she starts stabbing him, he, he didn't have the strength to fight her off. But apparently he did, like, try to get away. Yeah. And that's how the blood got on the front door. Um, because I don't think he was dead upstairs. Otherwise, the, the blood on the front door wouldn't be there. Right. Or I didn't see an explanation for the blood on the front door. So I'm thinking she drug him downstairs, and he was still trying to get away. Mm -hmm. Got to that front door. The blood was on it. She slammed it. And... uh he it succumbed. He, he he died from his wounds. I hope. I hope he was dead. Well, they said that a lot of the stabs were deep enough to get to major organs. Okay. So because what happens next, I I can't imagine yeah. he was alive for. No. So she, she, when she dragged him downstairs, she skinned him, hung his body on a meat hook in the living room. Um. While the police continue to search the home, they checked the room on the first floor. Uh, they they called it something. It was like, like a parlor room or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the, the officer goes in and he sees this doorway and he has his gun drawn. He doesn't know what's in there. And he sees this curtain on the, the doorway. It's dark. And he pushes the curtain back and there's nothing in there. He realizes that's not a fucking curtain. No, because he's. It's, he got blood on his, his sleeve and he realized that she had hung his skin up there like a curtain in front of that door. I mean, it's just disgusting. Um, so he's hanging from a, a hook. His She decapitates him. Which takes some effort from what I understand. But she had good butcher knives. But still, I mean, I, I get it. She's used to butchering animals, but it does take some effort. I know when I had my good knives, there would be a guy who'd come to the restaurant and we'd pay him like 10 bucks and he would sharpen all our knives. 
Yeah. And they, they were sharp as shit. Um, so she decapitated him, cut up pieces of his body to cook in a dish with potatoes, pumpkin, beets, zucchini, cabbage, squash, and gravy. I wouldn't want pumpkin. He, she set the table, two, two settings at the table. Uh, the food was on the table. And there was a note beside each plate having one of Price's children's names on it. Um, so she was preparing to serve his kids. Yeah. His body. Yes. Uh, a third meal, which was the plate thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons, it's speculated that she attempted to eat it, didn't like it, and threw it out. Or she went into a rage and threw it out. This shit sucks. Yeah. I thought this would be better. Um, then she laid down next to his headless mutilated corpse, took a large number of pills and passed out. But I don't think she, she didn't pass out next to him because he was in the kitchen. I, I, I'm assuming she took him off the meat hook at some point and had him in the kitchen and she was in the living room behind the couch. So do you think, or do they think she was, um, attempting murder suicide, that she was going to kill herself and it failed? Or I think at that point she was trying to kill herself. Uh, I, I think if you do something that vile and you come to your senses, like, oh shit, what did I just do? you like, you wouldn't want to live. Um, she woke up in the hospital, claimed to have no memory of what happened. So. Uh, when they took her to court, hmm. this is kind of jumping ahead, but there's not much information from when she woke up in the hospital to the trial. So they, she offered a plea of guilty to manslaughter, and that was rejected by the judge. The judge said, fuck no, this ain't no manslaughter. Well, and I, I suppose that manslaughter is similar in Australia to here. It is a lesser right. of the murder Well, manslaughter charges. would be uh, unintentional. Yeah, there's no way. You stab someone 37 times, cut their body up, put their head in a pot and cook it with pumpkin, and it's unintentional. But when the cops got there, the pot was st- the, the head was still in the pot and the pot was still warm. Yeah. So it, So they they could kind of think of how long they had been there. And Well, I mean, he really had only gone unseen from that night till that morning. Right. The night before till that morning. Uh when arraigned on March 2nd, 2001, uh, the murdering Price, the mur- when she was arraigned on the murder of Price, she pled not guilty. I- <clears throat> How? How? Like, yeah, I, you know, and so we, I'll, we- I'll plead guilty to manslaughter, but not, not murder one. <laughs> but I mean, we, we come from a background where, you have a right to remain silent and that's not true in every country. No, I don't in, know Great what Brit- in Great Britain, it's, you don't have the right no. to remain silent and anything you say will be used against you. Like, so if you lie to the police, they give you an additional charge. Right. And you're supposed to come clean. If you don't answer the questions, they give you an additional charge. Which, which I think is kind, I, I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I am a fan of, uh, the right to remain silent, but I'm also a fan of not wasting the court's time. Well, well, in the United States, you don't have to bear witness against yourself. No, 
no, but if I did something like that, I think I would just want to get it over and say, look, I did this. I'm a horrible liar. I'm a terrible liar. I can't lie to save my life. So I may as well just admit to it. Yeah, I did it. And and, and, no, and if I had to do it again, I just wouldn't put the pumpkin in the pot. I, I think the way I feel, if in the United States, if the police are allowed to lie to you to get you to confess, you should be allowed to lie to them. It's a tool. And it's a tool to get out of trouble, too. Um, so the trial was supposed to start uh, July 23rd, 2001. But uh, her attorney was ill, so it was put off until October 15, 2001. When the trial did start, the, the prospective jurors were given the option of being excused because of the shop, shock, shocking nature of the photographic evidence. Uh, five of them asked to be excused. I don't think that's a good excuse. Some people just can't stomach gore. Now, in this country, it might prejudice you. But um, suck it up. So uh, when they when the witness list was read out loud, several more dropped out. Knight's attorney spoke to the judge then, who then adjourned until the following day. And everybody was puzzled, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this trial is supposed to be starting. Why is he adjourning court? Well, I, I wonder if they didn't have enough at that point to seat a jury. I mean, when you're talking about it, we live in a in an area, a small area. The jury pool was 60 people. And I, I was recently pulled for jury duty. And there were a lot of people who had a connection to potential potential witnesses so that can also prejudice you one way or another right but there were 60 people and may, maybe 10 opted out so th there were still 50 people that well i'm, I'm assuming around right, 50 right, people right, right. uh so when it came back to court the next morning Catherine changed her plea to guilty good I, I wonder what, my, I guess Catherine told the her attorney, look, let's just get this over with. I'm going to plead guilty. So they don't have death penalty in no. Australia. No. Uh, the judge ordered a psychiatric assessment to determine if she understood the consequences of her plea. Not if she understood the consequences of her crime. Mm -hmm. So now when you plead guilty in the United States, and I don't know if it's the same in Australia, you base they basically make you tell them what you did right as part, that's of, part of it as part of your plea deal you have to uh, what's it called is it allocute uh, that sounds right you have to stand in front of the court and say i did this i stabbed him i cut his penis off which that didn't happen here cut his head off and i ate him and it wasn't really good so i threw shit in the backyard so i'm guilty of littering that's the least of her problems. Uh, but nice lawyers planned on claiming amnesia and disassociation, uh, which was supported by the, the psychiatrist. But they also, at the same time, said she was sane. So she might have been in a disassociative state. And she may have amnesia about what exactly happened. But she still knows right from wrong. But she still knows right from wrong. Yeah. Uh, 
they did conclude that she suffered from a borderline personality. No one know why. No one knows why she changed her plea. Like there was no explanation given. So she still refuses to this day to accept responsibility for the murder. Although she pled guilty. Yes. Or what she did after. So when it, it was time for her to, I guess, allocute, if that's the right word. I think so. And if it's not, you know, leave something in the comments below and tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, the Her attorneys requested that she be excused from hearing the facts of the case. And the judge said, fuck no. You're going to listen to every fucking disgusting detail of what you did of your crime. Uh, I don't know who Timothy Lyons is. Says when Timothy Lyons took the scan and he must be one of the police officers Probably. or the uh, medical examiner. Uh, he took the stand and described a skinning and decapitation. And they became hysterical to the point where they had to come in and sedate her. You know, it kind of makes you wonder if, you know, they talk about um, her whole life. She kind of went into these rages if that wasn't some sort of disassociation. Right. I, I don't know, but still, there's no excuse. So uh, November 8th, uh, Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime and Knight's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. I agree. Her sentence was life imprisonment, refused to fix a non-parole period, and ordered and ordered on her papers never to be released. And it's the first time that sentence was imposed on a woman in Australia. Hmm. So 2006, she, she files an appeal, claiming that the penalty of life in prison without the possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. The, and that was in June and September that same year, the appeal was dismissed. Thankfully. And it was dismissed with this comment. This was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. Oh, I agree. And that was written in the judgment of dismissal. I agree. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon. So as far as I know, she's still alive and still in jail in Australia. 55, 65, 75, 80. Maybe not. Almost 70. Well, she could be. Oh, yeah, 70's not bad. I don't know what um, Australian jails are like. I have no clue. Well, you should do a show on that. <laughs> you I, have this series on jails. I have the lockup series, and feel free to check that out. Just uh, last week, no, two weeks ago, I did Ohio, Ohio State Reformatory, which was made famous by the Shawshank Redemption. Which is we're all a fan of in this house. Yeah. Get busy living or get busy dying. Um, but that's Catherine Knight. And now I have her on my list of the most gruesome murderers in history. On the Denny's, on the deluxe edition network.com. Click the Denny's button, vote for Take on the World. Yeah, but I didn't vote for Catherine Knight. I did. I didn't. It might be gruesome, but she's not prolific. It's not about she, being prolific. She killed one person gruesomely. 
Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, they did this over and over and over. The details on this are just Jack the Ripper. Well, no one over knows. and over. Nobody knows who that was. What do you mean nobody knows who that was? And I was gonna put H. H. Holmes on that list, but recently H. H. the 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 uh information behind the H. H. Holmes murders uh has been disputed. Ah, oh, that's bullshit. And they say it was more sensationalism from the papers than it was actual like he killed people. He he did, but it like they when I did that show, we said that he was building that hotel because he knew the World's Fair was coming. Yeah. But he started building that before the World's Fair was announced in Chicago. So he wanted a murder house before. It was just opportune. Well, there was no there's no evidence anywhere that the trap doors and all that stuff that they say were in it were in it. Like just in no police reports is, is that spelled out. I've never read the police reports. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> That's my line. Um, so what do you think? Gruesome. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I just, I don't know how someone can be that evil. Oh, she's clearly suffering from some sort of mental illness and, and you can get that from her background. You can, and again, I'm not making excuses because I'm not like that, but it helps under, helps you to understand why someone does something like that. I mean, if she was getting sexually assaulted before she was 11 years old, that, has to fuck you up. I mean, it damages you in ways that you can't imagine. Obviously. Obviously. I think the 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 um, serial killers or murderers that are harder to understand are those who come from relatively, quote, normal backgrounds. Or wealthy backgrounds. like Privilege, yeah. Some, some of these people come, well, I can kind of understand it because they just don't think the rules apply to them some people yeah well you know our daughter doesn't think the rules apply to her but she's not going out hacking people up not that we know of <laughs> yet not that we know of. what's that big hole in the backyard i dug that don't worry about oh, it okay. <laughs> so that is Catherine mary knight the disturbed disturbed skinner of south new south wales um and we took that on. Now you go take on the world. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. 